Warning: Deep Fix contains adult content and language. So if you don't touch processed foods but eat gummy bears, this may not be for you. And now, Deep Fix. Hello, and welcome to Deep Fix, where we get a fix of all of our favorite obsessions. I'm your host, Jen B. And this season, we are taking a deep dive into the epic Real Housewives of New York City, seasons one through three. And this episode, we are breaking down season three, episode four, Fashion and Fighting. Now, let's get our fix. Well, not too much has been going on in the Housewives world since our last episode, although I have been seeing Luann and Sonia's posts and their comments about getting ready for their short little spinoff. I bet you it's only going to be about 10 episodes, maybe maybe even eight, which I am excited for. Of course, I'm going to watch every episode, but I'm still longing for the return of our old Roni. We didn't even get a reunion, if you remember. So it's been a long time since our OG ladies have graced our screen. And of course, as we know, which was announced at BravoCon this summer, Andy and the production team and the network have decided to fully revamp Roni. None of the original ladies are on it. They have a whole new cast, which is, in my opinion, a total frickin' mistake. If you wanted a new show about young up and coming ladies in New York City, do a, do a new show. You know, they've got that, what, Friends in, in Paris? What was that show that they've done about some young girls? Do something like that. But to hijack Real Housewives of New York City and turn it into something it's not, getting rid of the entire cast that we know and love, I think it's a really big mistake. And I think Andy knows it's a mistake and knows that the fans don't want it. Because I noticed that on one of the last episodes of Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, he had on as his guest Whitney Rose from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and Julia Fox, um, Uncut Gems. I don't even know what the hell she's from. She was like Kanye's muse and dated him for a hot second. I really don't even know why this woman is interesting. And she was kind of a... I don't know. She was kind of a dud on the show. And she also looked disgusting. I know her whole shtick is that she's a dominatrix, but she looked like a freaking weirdo Balenciaga Satan worshiper freak, if you asked me. I, I, I don't know why anyone would allow themselves to have this be what their PR team is pushing out. It just, ugh, she, every time I looked at her, she grossed me out on the show. Go take a look at it. It's ugh. anyway, but that's beside the point. But one thing that she mentioned, because she is a huge Roni fan, which made me like her just a little bit more than I was actually going to. She mentioned that what got her into the Housewives franchise was old school Roni. And she looked at Andy and said, she's got a bone to pick with him. And he immediately got defensive and thought she was going to bring up the fact that he got rid of the original cast and has this whole new nonsense thing of bringing in an entire new cast of all these, you know, whatever, wannabe women in New York. 
um, and said, no, no, you're going to love it. These women are going to bring it and got real defensive, which I thought was hilarious because she looked at him and said, no, I'm talking about the fact that you never gave us a reunion last season. I still want a reunion. And I just thought that whole interaction was so telling because he didn't even give her a chance to say what bone she wanted to pick with him before he immediately jumped to the offense and really defense of these women by saying, no, no, you're going to love the fact that it's an entirely new cast. I feel like he's very aware of the audience's displeasure with them doing this and getting rid of Sonia, Luann, Ramona you know, all the gals, Dorinda, the whole thing, and trying to revamp Real Housewives of New York City into something that it's not. Which then makes me think, if they're aware of this, why are they doing it? They're so desperate to push this agenda that they don't even care that it's not what the audience wants. I thought it was telling. I thought it had a little bit of the ick factor of how the networks and all of these executives just do whatever the hell they want to hell with what they, the audience thinks and wants, because clearly he's aware that there's this groundswell of anger about what they've done with all of the, the housewives from New York that we love, and instead trying to sell us a bunch of these fucking weirdo phonies, you know, desperate to push the woke agenda of which... You'd, if it if it happens, it can happen naturally. Like, look at Julia on Real Housewives of Miami. She's a lesbian. She's married to tennis legend Martina Navratilova. And yet she just fit into – she knows, of course um, – Adriana. She's good friends with her. So it was a natural fit that she came into the show. It wasn't like, oh, she's a lesbian. So we need to somehow fold her into the mix. It was just a natural fit. And it's it's like, it's no big deal. It doesn't matter that she's married to a woman. Her and Adriana kind of made a splash and made good TV. And she, I, I, I love Julia. I think she's one of those gals who's got her head on straight, but she still has a little bit of that wild quirky side to her to make her interesting. And she's not afraid to tell the women how it is. As opposed to what I think they're doing with Real Housewives of New York City, which is, oh, no, we've got all these young, you know, wokesters out in New York City. And that's that's not even what New York City is really about. It, and I'm going to go back to the original premise of the podcast. Real Housewives of New York City and that blueprint is what made Housewives successful. They're really losing touch with what the whole point of the show was, which was to follow women around and their interesting lives doing interesting things. And they're getting lost in their agendas and misread, really. I really think it's a misread of what the audience wants to see. Because yes, Scary Island, Jill and Bethany's battle parlaying that into New Jersey with Teresa's table flip and then Atlanta with Kim and Nene and all of that, right? All of that made Housewives a true bedrock of Bravo television and got it into the zeitgeist and the ether and the pop culture and all of that. But it wasn't manufactured. It was still the the core of that show was following these women around their lives. And because some of them were friends in real life, you got some of these real life tiffs and arguments and battles. And they really lost touch with that and said, oh, great. All we, all we have to do is just show these women arguing and screaming and yelling and fighting. And now it's even getting physical. I mean, some of the stuff that's going on in The Real Housewives of Atlanta and who else got physical? I'm forgetting where else I saw. But a couple of these, these franchise cities, 
the women are starting to actually get physically violent with each other. Nobody wants to see that shit. And it's why the housewives are really losing steam. They, they could have kept this alive forever. You could have constantly, you know, every 10 to 15 years, you're going to have new blood really kind of take over because you slowly do. You've got housewives who leave the franchise, housewives who come in. But if they would have kept it on with interesting people doing interesting things, as opposed to total lunatics who just pop off at everybody around them and make trouble where there is none and talk shit about their cast members, they could have kept this going in, per- in perpetuity. But instead, they've gone with the misread of, oh, everyone just likes when they fight and made the whole show about that, which is why it's coming off so inauthentic. And just ugh, even my husband sometimes will walk into the room and go, I cannot listen to these women anymore. All I'm hearing from the other room is women screaming at each other about a bunch of nonsense. And I think that really says it all. So once again, I'm still rooting for Roni Legacy to come onto our screens. They should have never called it Roni Legacy. It should have been Roni. And if they wanted these other women to do some sort of show, come up with some other show and format for them. Because they've not only really put a black mark on the new Roni, but they're also just, I think the whole Roni franchise, I'm just not happy with it. And I don't think a lot of other fans will, will be as well which I think is also known by executives as seen by Andy's reaction to Julia Fox's bone to pick, where he immediately jumped to the conclusion that her bone to pick was the fact that they had wiped out the old cast and replaced it with these new nobody cares about women. So we'll see. As I said, we're waiting to see the Sonia Luann spinoff. We'll see what happens there. But I don't think I'm going to be watching The Real Roni. I I really don't. And that's shocking to me because Roni is one of the shows that just hooked me into Housewives. As we know, the premise of this podcast is it set the tone for all Housewives cities moving forward. And it just, it makes me sad, but I don't think I'm going to be watching. But who knows? Maybe I'll change my tune. We'll see. But enough about that, because let's go back to when it was good, when it was great, when it was delivering. And let's dive into season three, episode four, Fashion and Fighting, because it's turtle time. All right, it's turtle time, which means it's time for a quick summary of the episode. So this episode, we've got Bethany. We see her and Jason's relationship continue to flourish as they start talking about possibly moving in together. But on the flip side, we also see Jill and Bethany's relationship continue to crumble. And Bethany's relationship with Luann also gets quite rocky. She shows up to the Pamela Rowland fashion show during fashion week, and she gives Luann a piece of her mind, including the fact that she thinks Luann is a snake. It's just a little bit more of the run-ins on the runways to continue from last episode. We also get to see more Skinny Girl Margarita events and promotions as well. Bethany hosts an event during Fashion Week with Robert Verde, where Alex and Kelly, of all people, actually show up to support her. When Alex arrives, Bethany confides in Alex about the issues that she has with Jill. And because Alex is also having some issues with Jill, they really do bond over it. And then Kelly arrives, who actually, in a very odd turn of events, seems to be playing really nice with Bethany at this event. And then we see Bethany meet up with Ramona. They're going to have drinks. Bethany is very much aware of the fact that Jill is now playing teams and things aren't going to get better between the two of them. 
So she gives Ramona her side of the story and in turn learns that she is not invited to Jill's sax event. Now, as for Ramona, she's in a lot of scenes this uh, episode, but somehow she seems to stay out of the fray, at least for the most part. She takes her daughter Avery to her first big fashion week fashion show, where she gets confronted by Kelly for not inviting her to the Labor Day party, but somehow also gets Kelly to then invite her to a party with Perez Hilton later that night. And then she famously puts Avery in a cab to go home by herself, which was one of the epic kind of controversial scenes of Ramona that season. So then we see her and Kelly meet Jill at the Perez party, where, of course, what else? They discuss the Bethany issues, which prompts Ramona to then meet up with Bethany to to go to drinks to get her side of the story. But as Bethany puts it, Ramona is definitely playing neutral, at least for now. And then we see Ramona. She goes to Jill's sax event, where it seems like she's playing nice, but then she decides to call out Luann and, of course, infamously ask Kelly about her boob job and the upcoming Playboy shoot, which leads to Kelly walking out in a huff. Typical Ramona. Now, Alex, we really don't get too much of Alex in this episode. In fact, there really isn't even an Alex-centered scene this entire episode. But Alex does go to Bethany's Skinny Girl Margarita event to show support, which is super kind. And they bond over discussing their issues with Jill. And Alex decides she needs to confront Jill about the rude comments that she's made about her kids. And Alex gets her chance to do so, which I don't think she was anticipating to do at the party, where she attends Jill's sax event, of course, with Simon. He's following her to the sax event because he loves fashion. And in all reality, let's be real, he just loves being on camera. And then poor Alex, she really just gets railroaded by not only Jill, but also Luann, when she really just tries to call them out for being rude and have a conversation. And you can tell things are bubbling up for Alex. Now for Kelly, we see Kelly do nothing more than really attend parties and events this episode, while of course continuing to play BFF with Jill and Luann. So we see Kelly and Luann attend the Pamela Rowland fashion show together, where Kelly feigns embarrassment at Bethany and Luann's argument on the runway, and also leeches on to Lisa Rinna of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fame, who makes her first Housewives appearance because she's just in attendance at the show and, and gets a couple of, of moments of, of screen time. But of course, Kelly cannot help herself by leeching on to Lisa and has to sit next to her. We then see Kelly attend another fashion show where she confronts Ramona for her lack of invite to the Labor Day party, but then somehow invites Ramona to join her at the Perez Hilton party where they meet up with Jill. And we see Kelly then try to explain to Jill and Ramona the run-in between Luann and Bethany, but she can't get a word in edgewise because Jill just takes over the whole story, even though she wasn't in attendance. And then in a surprise turn of events, Kelly shows up to Bethany's Skinny Girl Margarita event to show support, which I can't tell if she did that just to get screen time or or what's going on there. But surprisingly, she really does seem to play nice with Bethany, at least on the surface, and tries to smooth things over. And then lastly, we see her attend Jill's sax event, from which, of course, she has to leave early to attend another event, typical Kelly. But before she does, Ramona gets a hold of her to discuss her boob job to Kelly's utter embarrassment. Now, Jill, Jill gets to plug her events and her book this episode. So we first see Jill when she meets up with Kelly and Ramona at the Perez Hilton party. 
and Jill wants nothing more than to discuss the Bethany Luann run-in on the runway. She takes over the story from Kelly, even though she wasn't there. And of course, she takes Luann's side. We also get to follow Jill with her sister and her mom to a photo shoot for the cover of their book, Secrets of a Jewish Mother, where they all prove to be, especially Jill's mom, Gloria, truly the most impossible narcissist ever. It's a scene that goes down in the record books, and it's not a good look for the ladies. We also get to see Jill and Luann get ready for Jill's sax event. Luann comes over to Jill's house, and Jill's mom, Gloria, of course, gives Luann advice about her recent divorce. And then, of course, we get to see Jill host the sax event, to which she invited everyone but Bethany. And then last up is Luann. Luann attends the Pamela Rowland fashion show with Kelly, and she's totally surprised to see Bethany in attendance. And in a really poor show of judgment, she decides to take a dig at Bethany at that show and learns that she poked the wrong bear when Bethany then calls her out and calls her a snake and gives her a piece of her mind. And although we see all the other ladies talk a lot about Luann's reaction to being called out by Bethany, we don't get to see much more of Luann until she then arrives at Jill's condo to get ready for the Saks event, where we learn that Luann's divorce from the Count was finalized that same day. And we see Jill's mom, of course, give her advice about all of it. And Jill and her mom gush about how wonderful Luann is. And then to close it out, we see her attend the Saks event where she gets called out by Ramona for shit-talking Alex and Simon. It's an awesome little scene. And she continues her bitch tour with Jill and Kelly. So with that, let's get into a deep dive of the episode because I'm ready to mention it all. Fashion and fighting is such an apropos title for this episode, because that's really what we get a bunch of fashion shows, because remember, it's Fashion Week in New York City at this time. And then it's just a bunch of fighting between the ladies. Things are really starting to heat up and relationships are starting to fall apart. And remember, last week, we left off with Jill and Bethany leaving the Jill Stewart fashion show with that first confrontation they've had all season. I feel like producers were starting to get into the swing of the cliffhanger for us. So we open up episode four with Bethany. She's in her apartment. She's sitting there in a robe. Jason is coming home from work. And we find out it's the same day as the Jill Stewart fashion show. She's just gotten home. She's still in her full hair and makeup, but she's sitting in a skinny girl red robe. Very good product placement or at least swag placement. And she proceeds to tell Jason about the issue with Jill at the fashion show that day. Remember, Jill really refused to even engage with her. I think Bethany will say later on, maybe she's got something to hide. And I think we're seeing that play out because if you really did have all of this evidence and proof and and gripes of things that you could bring out to this best friend of yours that you are completely dissing, I mean, it's not even that she's just talking shit on Bethany. She's now making friends with her enemies and and trying to gang up on her and get her off the show. So if Jill really had all of this ammunition, why is she so afraid to talk to Bethany? And as Bethany tells Jason, that issue with Jill, it's actually much, much bigger than she realized. She explains that Luann informed her that she heard the message, the get a hobby message that she left Jill. And as Bethany puts it, now it's becoming irreparable damage with Jill. And as much as she's angry at Jill, she's really pissed at Luann for kind of getting her fingers dirty in all of this. 
and really just getting in the middle of all the drama. She says she doesn't want to see Luann. And as she goes on about all the good manners nonsense that Luann's digging herself into, she says, you know, here's a tip for good manners, Countess. Mind your freaking beeswax. And so you can tell Bethany's, she's a little stressed out. She sees, she's at least starting to see that the chess pieces are being moved and that Jill has a bigger plan involved here. And so while Jill and Bethany's relationship is falling apart, and Luann and Bethany's as well, on a bright note, we can see that Jason and Bethany's relationship is really blossoming. Jason brings up the topic that they really should move in together. He explains that he's constantly over at her house, but all of his things are over at his. Bethany makes a joke about, you know, you don't like traveling around with your bra in your purse. And in a serious moment, Jason says, look, I just want you to know that before we do move in with each other, there will be a commitment made to you. And it's sweet. You can see Bethany has a, a sheepish grin on her face and is is into the idea. And we hear in her confessional, she says the idea of being married to Jason is exciting and it's all new and surprising. And she's in love and, and having a really good time. And so she says to Jason, look, I've got boyfriends, booze and books. I don't need anything else. And then he says to her, and you don't need bitches. And Bethany's so proud of him. She's like, nice. Because, you know, Jason, he's not the witty, sarcastic, biting tongue type person that that Bethany is. So you can tell in that moment, he's trying to kind of play back with her in her own language. And she loves it. So next up, we've got Kelly and Luann. They are bosom buddies quite clearly and are going to a show at Fashion Week together. It's the Pamela Rowland show. We see them not only show up and pose for paparazzi outside of the tents, but they go in backstage, they meet the designer, and then we see a little side conversation between Kelly and Luann, and Kelly says, you know, Luann, when I introduce you to people, I'm so confused, what do I say, Countess, Mrs. De La Seps, Luann, and Luann plays it coy and says, no, just Luann is fine. And then Kelly, again, I don't know if they're trying to set this up because Luann loves to use the term countess, but doesn't want to be the one to say it. But Kelly then interjects and says, well, are you sure? Because, you know, I like introducing you as countess. And I can't tell if it's like a covert flex from Kelly because she herself likes introducing Luann as countess, like she's with a countess, or if this is to kind of cover for Luann that she's still going to call herself Countess. Who the hell knows with all of the behind the scenes shenanigans that she and Jill and Luann are up to at this point. But, you know, Kelly's very clear that she likes the Countess thing. And of course, Luann says, well, fine, you know, you decide. I'm not, it's up to you. If you like it, then use it. So it sounds like everybody's going to get what they want in that scenario. And then while they're backstage, we see Bethany arrive. And you can tell Luann is caught off guard. She looks at Kelly and she's like, Bethany's here. Did you know she was coming? And Kelly says, yeah, that she knew. But I love this piece, too, because the show is so overproduced these days that everybody knows exactly who's going to be there, where this just brought me right back to OG Roni, where the women are genuinely crossing paths in the events that are going on in New York City. And the producers aren't warning them, you know, so-and-so is going to be here, and then you're going to do this, and we're going to do this. And it's just, I I love it. I love that Kelly knows, Luann doesn't. Luann's a little shocked. And in Bethany's confessional, we see her say, as she said before in previous seasons, because remember, Roni used to always start off end of summer in the Hamptons, and then they all come back in September and boom, Fashion Week hits. And Bethany says she only goes to Pamela Rowland and Jill Stewart, something she's reiterated many times before. 
And she says, look, everyone can make up excuses about why they go, but really everyone just wants to see and be seen, right? It's like she's no bullshit. Bethany is in her classic skinny girl red. She's got this fabulous dress on. She says hello to Luann and Kelly. She's very kind, just surface hello. And because Luann probably under orders from Jill to treat Bethany like shit, she then presses Bethany about, well, gosh, you sure are going to a lot of shows this year. And you can tell Luann's definitely digging. And so Bethany calls her out for it, which is why we love Bethany in these original seasons, because she is no bullshit. And she looks at Luann and asks, is that just another dig? Or what are you trying to do here with these comments? And we see in Bethany's confessional, she says, you know, there it is. There's the dig. You knew it was coming from Luann. There she blows, she says. So tensions are already tight, even though Luann to her face denies that she was, no, no, of course I'm not digging. So the show is about to start. We get our first housewife crossover, although I don't know if we can call it that because at this point, Lisa Rinna is not a housewife of Beverly Hills. But Lisa Rinna is at the Pamela Rowland show. And we see that she's talking to Kelly and Luann. I'm sure Kelly knows her. Bethany comes up and says hello. They're surprised to see each other. They explain they know each other from Bride Wars, which was a a show that was on at that point. They rode in the limousine together. They were probably both celebrity uh, guest hosts. So we see all four of them. They're posing for photos. The paparazzi are taking pictures before the show starts, but they're, they're in front of their seats getting ready on the runway. And then Luann tries to smooth things over. I think she can sense that she's really barking up the wrong tree with Bethany. So she tries to cover it by saying, oh, I wasn't digging at you, darling. You know, I was just surprised to see you at the shows. And Bethany, again, Luann, she's she's poking the bear. This is what she's going to get. So Bethany goes straight in and says, look, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I told you I would. And so let's just be honest. And you can tell Luann immediately doesn't like what she's getting and she doesn't want to talk there. And Bethany's like, you know what? What what the fuck? What are we at church? It's a fashion show. It's loud. There's a ton of people talking before the show. And Bethany just goes right in and calls her out. And she says, you don't want to talk about it here, not because it's, you know, some sacred place that we can't have a, a heated discussion. It's because you don't want to deal with it. It's it's so true. I, I love that she takes her straight to the mat on that one. And Bethany just launches. She goes in, she tells her, you know what, you give digs that are disguised as compliments. And then Luann tries to bring up Jill. And you know, you haven't seen Jill, you were really good friends and haven't seen her and all of that really interjecting herself in the drama between Jill and Bethany, something that Bethany has already been pissed about from the last fashion show where Luann not only got involved, but then finds out that Jill is playing Bethany's messages for her and all of that. And so Bethany just calls her out again. She goes, you know what? You and Jill aren't even friends. And when Luann tries to say, yes, we are. We're very good friends. Bethany goes, really? Because she's been talking shit about you to everyone about how you sleep around for the last year. I mean, fucking mic drop. And just to really finish her off, Bethany says, I don't like you. I don't trust you. And I think you are a snake. That's what I really think about you. It's what I feel in my gut. And I'm just being honest. And of course, Luann keeps with the, I'm not going to do this here, right? Like, as Bethany says, what are we in church? And Bethany, I love, she kind of ends the conversation with, well, you already have. (laughs) It's so good. And in Bethany's confessional, we see her say that Luann clearly felt very exposed in that moment. But I do, I think Bethany redeems herself a little bit because although what she said we know is true, she said she went to a place that she doesn't like to go saying that Jill really isn't Luann's friend. She says that that wasn't cool of me. Like, I shouldn't have done that. So the ladies all sit down. The fashion show's about to start. 
And I think Bethany's talking with Lisa Rinna. They're sitting next to each other. And then Luann is chatting with Kelly. They're, they're all four sitting in a row, but Luann and Kelly are next to each other. And Luann gives Kelly a very quick rundown. And she says, she called me a nasty skank, which no, she called you a snake and says that I've been cheating around. And you know, that's not what happened. And I think that's very convenient of Luann to say it like that. First off, it makes it look like Bethany was the one who's being the aggressor and saying that stuff. And it really gets her out of the fact that Jill was telling everybody that you've been cheating. Because as I just said, Bethany called her a snake and said that Jill was gossiping about her cheating. Bethany wasn't blaming her or or saying that you are a cheater. She was just simply letting her know what Jill was saying about her behind her back. It really is a piece of rewritten history. And I think goes to Luann's honesty or dishonesty. And Bethany chimes in and she's like, I'm right here. I can hear what you're saying. And Kelly's like, you know, please stop. It's a fashion show. You're embarrassing me. It's like, oh, God, barf. And I love it because Bethany does say, and I didn't call you a skank. I called you a snake. Let's set the record straight. Luann goes on with Kelly and says, oh, I, you know, that face that she gave me, I can see why Jill's scared of her. I mean, Jill scared of Bethany. First of all, Jill's not scared of anything except for, I think, the truth when she's caught in a lie. So that really says a lot if she's going to use the word scared, because the only reason why Jill would be scared to talk to Bethany is because she's scared of being exposed. So all of that goes down. There's clearly a ton of tension between Bethany and Luann, who are now separated by Kelly. And Kelly, out of the blue, turns to Luann and Bethany and asks to switch seats with Bethany so she can sit next to Lisa Rinna because she hasn't seen her for a while and they need to catch up. Again, the fashion show's about to start. I mean, this is just classic Kelly. What she really wanted to do was sit by the Bigger Better star, glom on to Lisa Rinna, get some photos with her. And she doesn't give a shit about the fact that Luann and Bethany just had this huge confrontation. And so now Bethany needs to switch seats with Kelly to sit right next to Luann. And I love Bethany's confessional here because she comments how Kelly really just never gets the full story. She said, I just ripped off Luann's head. But we all said last year that she would crawl over broken glass to get to a celebrity. (laughs) I'm loving it because I think that's a perfect illustration of who she is. She would crawl over broken glass to get that picture with Lisa Rinna and and FaceTime. And Bethany does point out, though, like, but did she not just see what happened? And as Bethany says at that point, she just wanted to go home. She's feeling so uncomfortable. But I got to give it to her. She does. She doesn't make a scene. And she says, okay to Kelly. And she does switch seats, which really surprised me. So she really was at least kind of being a taken one for the team. The fashion show starts and we hear in Bethany's confessional, she says, I didn't see anything. I was like a caged animal who had just said something totally inappropriate. I hated myself. I hated her. I just wanted to get the hell out of there. So they get to sit through yet another uncomfortable fashion show. The show ends. They're all leaving. And we do see Luann say how upsetting it was because Bethany just attacked her out of nowhere. So then we switch gears to Ramona. She is taking Avery, her daughter, to her first Fashion Week fashion show. It sounds like she's probably been to a couple of small fashion shows, but never to the ones in the tents, right? The Bryan Park fashion show during Fashion Week. And no surprise, Kelly is there too. 
So Kelly sits next to Ramona. They're at front row getting ready for the show. And in Ramona's confessional, she says, when Kelly sat next to me, she was like, oh boy, where is this going to go? So she says hello. They talk with Avery about the fact that this is her first fashion show. And then Kelly confronts Ramona about not being invited to Ramona's Labor Day barbecue, which is hilarious. And Kelly, she doesn't confront her really in an aggressive way. She just says, "You, I wasn't invited. That hurt my feelings. So Ramona apologizes because as Bethany will in the future call her, Ramona is the apologizer. So she immediately apologizes and tries to explain that she didn't want a confrontation with her and Bethany. But in Ramona's confessional, she's like, this is the last thing I wanted to talk about, let alone in front of my daughter. Like, can we do this another time? So Ramona then goes on a rant about how when she entertains, she likes to make sure that everyone has a good time. She, you know, was really concerned about that. And in Kelly's confessional, she says, you know, she could have just said she didn't want me there and call it a day. So the fashion show's over. Kelly says she's got to go, which of course is so Kelly, because remember, she's showing up everywhere and then always has to act very important, like she's got something better to do and announce to everyone that she's got to leave early. And she explains to Ramona that she's taking Jill to meet Perez Hilton at a party he's having. And Ramona says in her confessional that this was her opportunity to bust her ass. So she says to Kelly, well, you're mad at me for not inviting you to a barbecue with like eight people. But now you're going to a party with Perez Hilton and you're not inviting me? Ramona says she wasn't really expecting Kelly to turn around and invite her, but she does. She goes, well, do you want to come with me? You know, we're going to meet Jill. Come along. So eventually Ramona agrees to do so. And in one of Ramona's controversial scenes of this season, she then puts Avery in a taxi cab by herself and jumps in Kelly's town car with her. And you see Avery as she's getting in the the taxi cab. Avery says, I'm going by myself. And Ramona's like, yeah, just call me when you get home. And in my opinion, Ramona should have just had Kelly's car drop off Avery. I know it's hard to get around New York City. I know Kelly's like, we can't be late. We can't be late, right? Of course, because it's a bigger, better deal. But I would have just pushed it and said, okay, Avery's going to get in, we're going to drop her off, and then we're going to go to the party. And in Kelly's confessional, she says something, probably one of the very few times I will ever agree with Kelly. She says she was not happy about how Avery got home that night. And so I agree. For once, Kelly, I agree with you. So we then see them arrive at the Perez Hilton party. It's for a website launch, Coco Perez which was a fashion and news-focused website that he kind of launched a spinoff of his own website. Now, if you go on, I think it all leads you to just Perez Hilton. It's really not separate websites, but it's a sign of the times as, as websites were popping up everywhere. So Kelly gets out. We don't see who she's saying hello to, but if you remember, Bethany calls her out with the hi. You can always tell when Kelly's arrived. And we get a classic Kelly hi. We see she and Ramona say hello to Perez Hilton, and this is the old OG chubby Perez Hilton. It's hilarious. It just took me back in time. And on top of that, he's dressed like a fucking idiot. He looks terrible. But so they say hello to him. Then they see Jill. And I love the lack of production of the old housewives scenes. The three of these ladies, they all look like they're going to separate events. Jill shows up. She is in a sequined cocktail dress. Kelly is in like a mini skirt and tank top. And Ramona is in a very kind of classic conservative, like looks like something you could wear to a business lunch. 
But again, there's just something so real about it. The three of them, they're not dressing for TV. They're dressing for the event. It's just, I love OG. I long for the days of the unproduced Real Housewives. So we see scenes and clips of them arriving. Christian Siriano, if you remember Project Runway winner, he's only a year or two off of his Project Runway win and was really starting to make a splash in the fashion world. He's there. We see him taking photos with the ladies. We get this clip of Jill discussing her boob reduction with Perez Hilton. And then he does this thing that I find so offensive and obnoxious. And sometimes gay men will do this to me as well. And I think they overstep the boundaries. But Jill's in this sequin cocktail. It's kind of like go off the shoulder, like one sleeve cocktail dress. Jill says something about, yeah, I've got my boobs you know, reduced. They're so much better. He literally kind of fondles her breasts, touches them, and then tries to pull her shirt open and like peek down her top to see her boobs. And not only are they at a party, but this was totally uninvited. And I just felt like, you know what, just because you're gay doesn't mean you get to fondle a woman. And I just found this, I found this so cringeworthy. Jill immediately slaps his hand, his hand away and tells him to, you know, get out of there and that. But it just, that scene really bothered me. And I, I hope if Perez went back and watched that, it would bother him too. So then we see Kelly, Jill, and Ramona kind of off to the side at at the party. And Kelly starts to fill in Jill and Ramona about Bethany and Luann's fight at the Pamela Rowland show. And it's hilarious to me because this is so Jill, but she immediately jumps in and explains that she talked to Luann about it too. And then she just takes over the story, even though she was not even there. And Ramona calls her out for this in her confessional where she says, leave it to Jill to take over a story and try to act like she knows about a situation when she wasn't even there. And I think that just perfectly sums it up. So now Jill is telling the story and she says that Luann was totally upset because Bethany called her a snake. I noticed the the story has been corrected. And then she says and said some other horrible things that she's not going to mention. And I thought, how convenient you're not going to mention them. Of course, you don't want to, because the other horrible things was calling out Jill for talking shit about Luann all last year when they weren't friends about Luann and her husband constantly cheating on each other. But then I thought it was interesting because Jill says Luann did admit that she gave a small dig to Bethany. And I thought, you know, Bethany was spot on in that moment and very telling about Luann because when Bethany called her out in the moment and said, are you, you is that a dig? Are you really digging at me again? Luann was like, no, of course, and kind of played sweet and stupid. Like, of course, I'm not digging at you and, and went back and said it again. But then when she's talking to Jill, of course, and they were shit talking together, Jill doesn't realize it, but she belies Luann's statements by saying, yeah, Luann admitted she totally took a dig at Bethany. But then she turns around and says, but Bethany was a total bully. And I thought, you know, maybe that's where Kelly gets the bully line. If Jill and Luann are talking about being a bully, because Kelly, it's really interesting. I don't know what's wrong with her psychologically. And of course, we all know at Scary Island, she's about to have a mental breakdown or breakthrough, as she calls it. But I noticed that she seems to... Whenever she sees someone do something, she processes it in her own mind and then kind of uses those things at really odd times. So I went, hmm, the word bully, I can tell now, has been thrown around, at least in the Jill Luann circle. And maybe Kelly is picking up on that word and it's going to come flying out of her mouth later on. So as Kelly and Jill start talking about and kind of bringing up the fact that she and Jill got into it too, you can tell Ramona 
is like, what are you guys talking about? She's out of the loop. So then they have to fill Ramona in that the day before at the Jill Stewart show. And again, the day before, I just, Roni brought it, right? Roni fucking brought it. These things are happening day after day. I mean, you can tell sometimes weeks are going by now between production because, again, all they're doing is getting all the ladies together to fight. These things are happening back to back days and giving, I mean, literally, it's like you just had two days that provided for three episodes. It's, uh, they brought it and I just love it. So they fill Ramona in on what happened the day before on Jill and Bethany having their first runway run in and really their first run in of the season. And of course, Ramona's like, I need a friggin cheat sheet to keep up with these ladies. Like I don't, everything is happening so fast. Like how many times have you guys had a fight in the last two days since I've seen you? So Jill gives her the story. And of course, Jill's thing is like, she makes me cry. And this is the thing, narcissists will do this. Teresa Judice will do this in New Jersey. Watch for it. But this is a thing that narcissists do to try to kind of manipulate the whole story into it being true. She says, she makes me cry and you know that. And it's such a manipulative way to shade a story. You say something and then you follow it up with, you know that, you know that to be true, you know that's right. And it, the other person, it, it kind of takes, they, they are caught off guard. They don't really know what to say, but they do that to make their statement true. And Jill is doing that here. And then Jill looks at Ramona and says, you know, you think you and I've had issues like we're like a married couple. And Ramona's like, yeah, we make up to break up and break up to make up. And then Jill says, you know, this one, and she's talking about Ramona, she's known her for many, many, many years, and they have a long history. And I couldn't help but immediately cut back to season one, when she said she barely knows Ramona. She's just a tennis friend. She doesn't really know her and was really trying to separate herself and put herself on an upper status upper level of society from Ramona and acted like we don't really know each other that well. And then here we are in season three when to her advantage, she's saying she's known her for many, many years. They have a really long history together. And I just think it says so much about Jill, especially season three Jill. So we end the scene, though, with Ramona's confessional. She says that she's not taking sides. This is a new Ramona. Remember, everything with Ramona is about being renewed, new hair, the renew, true renewal, the whole nine yards. So she's not taking sides. And she says, but I do want to hear what Bethany has to say about this. So then we cut to Bethany. She is doing a skinny girl margarita party with Robert Verde. You may you may remember Robert Verde. He was a stylist from Surprise by Design. Do you remember that show? That's the first time I ever saw him. I loved that show. And also Fashion Police. If you remember Fashion Police, I'm sure many of you do. He was on Fashion Police. And he apparently has a lounge during Fashion Week and was having her serve skinny girl margaritas. So Alex arrives, Alex there to support Bethany. And in her confessional, she says, you know, Bethany and I aren't like best friend status or anything, but she could recognize the I need to talk look in Bethany's eyes when she arrives. And so they go and sit down, they're chatting because it's just the two of them at the party so far in, in terms of all the housewives. And so Bethany explains the whole Jill Luann confrontation. And I love Alex's response. It's like, what are we, the Crips and the Bloods? <laughs> And Bethany basically says she is now understanding that they are trying to play teams. And she sees she sees the chess game for what it is. She sees what Jill's up to. They're trying to build a coalition against Bethany. 
And Alex goes on to explain that she's, you know, she's got a similar issue with Jill. So she explains Jill's rude comments at the Ungaro show where Luann and Jill and Kelly were sitting around and Jill made that comment about her kids crawling up somebody's legs. And Alex says, you know what, I need to call Jill. We need to have a talk about this because I'm really upset about it. And Jill somehow always tends to weasel out or refuse to have conversations about her bad behavior. And in Bethany's confessional, I think this one's really telling. And I think it's spot on in terms of who Jill is. She says that everything with Jill is whose side are you on? And it's true. That really is if there was going to be a tagline for Jill this season that it described her behavior, it would be whose whose side are you on? And if it's not mine, you know, I'm coming for you. And I liked this little small scene with Bethany and Alex, because we're going to see them bond throughout the season. And and really, it's it's funny, but it's it's Jill's doing, because as Jill's trying to push Bethany further and further away, it's, it's forcing her to form these relationships with, with the other ladies. So Kelly then arrives. I'm really surprised because Kelly and Alex are the only two housewives who show up for Bethany on this one. And I thought this was also very telling because as we'll find out later on, Jill finds out that Bethany is going to get her own show and was really pushing for the rest of the ladies not to film with Bethany, not to show up for her things. And I think it's telling that Alex, and it's you can tell it's kind of morning, mid-morning, mid-afternoon. Alex is showing up for Bethany and then Kelly shows up and I couldn't help but think, does Kelly go against Jill's orders not to film with Bethany because Kelly is so desperate to be around Robert Verde and other celebrities? Or what's going on here? But I thought it was funny that Kelly shows up. And you can tell it's the afternoon because Kelly sees that they're holding a margarita glass and she's like, what time is it? Oh my God. Which I just think right away, she just can't walk in and say something nice. She's got to walk in and just kind of act like, oh God, what's going on? What are you doing? What are you guys up to? And so we see kind of a funny portion of the day where Bethany's trying to get her to take a sip, right? The skinny girl margarita has launched, the bottle's there, and Bethany's like, take a sip, you know, try it. Kelly's shocked, you know, I have to pick my kids up from school. And it's like, seriously, it's take a fucking sip. She's not asking you to have like eight margaritas and go pick your kids up. She's like, just take a sip so you can tell me what you think about it. And then I thought this was very, you don't see it, but it's a very sly way for Kelly to be shady because remember... Alex was designing a logo for Bethany and for Skinny Girl Margarita, and they didn't end up using it. It's I feel like it was a, a bad circumstance for Alex because the original logo that Bethany was using was supposed to be a caricature of Bethany. So Alex was brought on to make it look better, and she did a fantastic job. But once Skinny Girl gets into the hands of executives at other liquor companies, of course, they don't want it to be Bethany's face. They want it to be a more generic logo. And so I'm sure Alex could have come up with something better if, if it you know wasn't. But she was sent down the road of make one that looks just like me. So there was that whole drama at the opening of the Labor Day barbecue where Bethany had to say, basically, I'm sorry to Alex that they didn't use your logo and I really didn't talk to you about it. So everyone I'm sure knows this. And in a very sly little way, Kelly brings up the logo in front of Alex. It goes, oh, I love the logo. It's really like, yeah. And I just thought, "Mm, Kelly, as stupid as she is, she definitely knows how to dig and cause a problem. So then the three of them are talking, Bethany, Alex, and Kelly. And Bethany makes a joke about taking, oh, the Prozac and lithium, they're a good idea. And Kelly, because she's just so out there, she's like, why do you take Prozac and lithium? 
And we see in Bethany's confessional, I, I love this, this little confessional too. She says, I don't think Kelly's a moron, but I don't think she's quick. I don't think she can tell the temperature of a room. And I think Bethany, again, spot frickin' on. And then in a surprise turn of events, Kelly tries to clear the air with Bethany. They kind of cut, of course, production so great. They cut to the brass monkey scene. Remember, I'm up here and you're down there. Just to remind us of where we've been with Kelly and Bethany. And Bethany in her confessional is reflecting how much things can change because here Kelly is saying, you know, let's just be good. Let's be kind to each other. And Bethany says a year ago, Jill and I were inseparable and Kelly and I would have killed each other like two gladiators. Like, man, how things can change. So we see them all make nice. They're going to leave. Alex has got to go back to work. Kelly's going to go pick up her daughters. And then we get Kelly's confessional where she says, I am going to try to make an effort with Bethany and be nice to her, which all seems to to jive with what we're watching. And then she ends it with, but at the same time, I would never, ever, ever trust her. So then we cut to Jill. She is shooting the cover for her new book with her mom and her sister, Secrets of a Jewish Mother which she explains is a overview of all of the wonderful advice and things her mom has taught her and her sister over the years. So we see Jill arrive. The whole team is there. Gloria is in a Team Jill sweatsuit. Remember those Team Jill? It's like, again, you could not, you can't write this stuff. And the three of them, her mom, her sister, and Jill are absolutely impossible during this photo shoot. It's so fucking hard to watch. It just, it says, it's like, I I remember, was it season one or season two? I think it's season two when, yeah, it's season two because Bethany has broken up with Jason. Jason number one. And if you remember, Gloria's giving her all the advice and sitting with her and all of that stuff. But Gloria is visiting Jill in the Hamptons and her mother is, it's just, it's, it's there's an ick factor when you're watching her. They have to get like seven different rental cars because her mom has to try out each one. And in typical narcissistic fashion, nothing is good enough. Those seven cars, she couldn't find one that she wasn't complaining about. They had to go back and get a different car. Her mom is just really, it's like you wonder why Jill is the way she is. Look no further than her mother. And the poor photographer at the fashion shoot, its he's trying to get different poses and they're, they're sitting on a couch and Jill's sitting next to her mom or like laying out next to her mom and her sister's on the other side. And they suggest to her sister, okay, move kind of, it, put your face in middle, the middle of the two of them. And then you see Jill's sister, Lisa, like, oh, well, no, mommy needs to be in the middle. It's like, of course. And there's Gloria and they're just complaining the whole time. And Gloria launches into, and all she says is, not happy not happy. And it's like, oh my God. I I would have been mortified if I was with a professional photographer team and really everybody else at the set. There's um, stylists, makeup artists, everybody. And my mother started acting like that. And I think it's hilarious because if you can make Jill look like she's the chillest of the group and in this situation, you know, Jill's like, come on, just do it. Like they're just getting options. Let's try it out. When Jill looks like the chillest, least impossible person of the group, you know the others are bad. And Jill's confessional, she says, you know, making my mother and sister happy can be challenging. 
And it's like, well, first of all, look in the mirror because you're, the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. But this one was horrible. And I just thought their book, it's interesting, but you don't realize, and I feel like this is also why Bethany is very business savvy, but everybody talks in the industry, right? And it's why I always say it says so much about people's character when they treat people who are, who they feel are less, lesser status than them in, in a real shitty way. It says so much about their character. I was a waitress for for many years, and it's telling how people treat the help, right? And I feel like here we are, we've got a professional photographer, stylist, makeup artist. I bet you the book publisher is there. They're shooting the cover, right? Or at least people associated with the book. And this is how you all are behaving. Word is going to get out and people are just not going to like you. They're not going to root for your book. If someone says, oh, hey, you worked with with Jill Zare and you guys were doing the book, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, they were so wonderful. I can't wait to read the book. They're immediately going to say, my God, they were fucking impossible. It was such a disaster having to work with them. And it just snowballs from there because Jill's book didn't really take off. Nothing much came from it. I'm sure she was hoping to have a, a successful book like Bethany's Skinny Girl when she had the New York Times bestseller. But I just think all of these things dovetail off of each other. And, you know, it's you really got to be careful the way you behave. And her mom, her mom is such an unlikable character. And again, Jill this season especially is an unlikable character that they just don't realize how much that affects things, even like the sale of your book. So then we see other scenes as they're trying to find other outfits for a shoot. And of course, I will say they do have a point about Jill's dress being too sexy. Jill has this really cute kind of cocktail looking dress on and her mom's in like a very masculine Hillary Clinton-esque pantsuit. And then her sister is in like a red pant. I know her sister's a lawyer and all of that stuff, but her sister's in a red pantsuit. It looks like she's going to a business meeting. And then there's Jill all glammed up in like a one-sided, you know, one off the shoulder kind of a cocktail dress. And her sister, you know, you can see her mom's like, Jill, you're too sexy. Like that dress is too sexy, Jill. And her sister has a very good point here. She says, we should all look like we're going to the same place, right? We all need to look on the same level here. So then we see them trying to take other pictures and they're just the whole dynamic between the three of them. It just it just shows what a breakdown having a narcissistic family is between them worried about their mommy not being in the middle and the center of attention to then, you know, Jill's dress being too sexy. This doesn't work. We don't like this pose. It's just, whoa, it's a lot. And Jill ends the scene with family. You can't live with them. You can't live without them. I think I could live without these two. So luckily, we then cut to Ramona. She is at Philippe. If you remember, Bethany kind of started Skinny Girl Margarita at Philippe. We've seen her go on dates with Philippe. And Ramona is meeting up with Bethany for a drink. Remember, she said she wanted to hear her side of the story, and this is going to be her chance. So they both arrive. Ramona is happy to see Bethany. She says, your skin looks great. Bethany says, well, I just did a detox. And Bethany says, well, I can't cleanse my soul, but at least I can cleanse my body. It's a classic Bethany one-liner. So they talk about how they haven't seen each other in a while, probably because Ramona was under strict orders not to film with Bethany, but I think she's getting a little sick of Jill at this point. And so Ramona says, I need to be filled in because I've heard about these fashion show run-ins. I've heard there's been a lot of drama. So Bethany fills her in on the Jill Stewart show and Luann butting in and then the Pamela Rowland show. And Ramona says to Bethany, you know, she's afraid to see you. And Bethany says, why? Why would she be afraid to see me? She, and she says, maybe she has something to hide. 
And in Bethany's confessional, you hear her say Ramona's demeanor has definitely changed since that Labor Day party. Ramona's in a all white outfit. And she says she didn't want to get her white outfit dirty. Everything was like, oh, I don't know. I just don't know. Oh, interesting. I'm just not sure. And I think, again, Bethany's so damn perceptive. I really think she's picking up on the fact that at this point, Jill is really going in deep with the girls about not filming with Bethany, not being her friend, let her go off and do her own show. And I think that's what Bethany is picking up here with Ramona's change in her whole demeanor. And then Ramona brings up the fact that there's going to be a sax event that Jill's hosting and she assumed Bethany would be there. But Bethany says she knows nothing about this. She's not invited, which is showing really how how far the relationship rift has gone. And Ramona says, well, you know, I may have alluded to the fact that I was going to see you. And so now Jill is just going to grill me. And Bethany says, oh, yeah, she's going to be on you. And then we get a classic Ramona-ism. It's one of my favorites. It's up on our TikTok page. She says, oh, yeah, she'll be on me. She'll be on me like white rice. Not she'll be on me like white on rice. She'll be on me like white rice. It's just classic Ramona. So then they cut to one of those mini scenes. I I talk about them a lot. There's those little short scenes that were done in between commercial breaks. And it's Jill. It's behind the scenes at the photo shoot for for the book. And she has an antique Louis Vuitton shoe trunk that's delivered. And I will say it's fabulous. And it is antique because, you know, that's what Louis Vuitton is famous for is I think it was the original Queen Elizabeth. Maybe it was one of the other princesses of Greece, but they were famous for one of them had to travel and needed to be able to keep their garment in good condition. And Louis Vuitton made luggage. And if you go back and look, it's funny, if you look at movies from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, before Louis Vuitton was a household name, you will see that if there's ever a rich person showing up at, you know, the Waldorf Astoria or something, their luggage will always be Louis Vuitton. But it was never something that, you know, people, regular people, just working adults, did not not know what Louis Vuitton was, where now it kind of drives me crazy that now everyone wants to carry a Louis Vuitton purse. It's like, if you don't have the money, if you don't, it's like you don't own a home, you don't have a car, but you have a fucking Louis Vuitton purse. It's like, it reminds me of the stuff that the rapper, the Bay Area rapper E40 calls out some people for, for like owning all kinds of ridiculous expensive jewelry, but you don't even own a house yet. It's like that kind of stuff. So anyway, she has this, but Jill's not in that boat, right? Jill, she's got, she's, they own a home, they own a home in the Hamptons. They they have a lot of money. So she's got this antique Louis Vuitton shoe trunk, which gets opened up and everyone's like, wow, Jill, that's fantastic. But I just thought, it, again, Apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. It's just not good enough because she says she wants one of the other trunks. There's like a bigger one for traveling with your clothes. And she says, but it's only good if you have a private plane. So looks like we need to sell a lot of books. I just thought it was a really good scene that captured so much of Jill's personality in really just a few minutes. So then we cut to Jill's condo and she's getting ready with her mom for the sax event that she is hosting. And Luann arrives. She does that obnoxious thing. She she did it before with Jill's psychic where the person gives you a kiss hello and she's like, oh, please, I'd like two, one on each side. And it's like, what? Oh, I don't know. I just find it really obnoxious. So Jill's getting her hair done. She kind of gets up because it looks like the fuse keeps blowing from the hairdryer. So they're going back into Jill's room. So Luann's left alone with Gloria and Gloria sits with Luann and talks about her divorce because Luann opens up and says that her divorce from the count was finalized that day. And Luann says she's a bit relieved, but she's also sad. 
which I think is fair to say. And of course, then Gloria gives her advice. They're trying to sell Gloria as this awesome advice giver. She did it with Bethany in the Hamptons after Bethany's breakup with Jason number one. If you remember that whole setup scene at Jill's breakfast table, where Gloria goes in and gives her all the advice. And then after that, Gloria gets this advice column down in Florida. And then now they've got this book, Secrets of a Jewish Mother, which is supposed to be like advice from Gloria. And so they're really trying to push this narrative. And it just felt like it was serving Jill on two different levels. One was selling Gloria, probably three different levels, actually. One was feeding Gloria's ego. Two, feeding this advice piece of Gloria gives good advice, it helps sell their book, it helps her get these advice columns. And then third is, I really think it shows that Jill thought she could just replace Bethany with somebody else. She's really trying to replace Bethany with Luann. Oh, poor Luann, she's getting divorced. Gloria's giving her advice. It it was just the whole thing just seemed really set up. So Gloria gives her the advice. They finally get up from the couch and you can see Luann's like, where's Jill? (laughs) And then Jill comes out. Her hair is almost done. She's like, did I leave you with mom too long? And I thought that was a telling statement to make too. And so then they kind of fawn all over Luann and Jill says, I don't care that you're married to a count. You were born a countess. I just gag. It's a pretty cringeworthy scene too. So then we end up at the Saks event. Jill is hosting a dinner on their new third floor. Apparently, they've put in some kind of private dressing rooms for VIPs. So the store is closed. People can shop and they're going to have dinner and there's models walking around modeling certain clothes. So Jill has invited, you know, what is it, 40, 50 of her most wealthy friends. And so we see Jill. She's in this metallic silver Alexander McQueen number. I think Ramona says it perfectly. We get Ramona's confessional and she says, Jill's outfit reminded me of of her apartment. There's just way too much going on. And because of that, she didn't look as chic as it could have. And I think it's so true. She just, she shows up and, you know, when the dress was kind of black and silver metallic and there's a lot going on. There's really um, padded, very 80s big shoulders on it. There's like a peplum thing going on. And it's like, that should have been enough. But on top of that, Jill's got 87 sparkly bangle bracelets going on. It's just, it's again, she doesn't know when to say when. She's very gaudy and very over the top. And then I love this piece because this is where I think Ramona is really starting to get pissed at Jill. You know, I think Ramona was maybe a little bit on board with Jill. Okay, we won't film with Bethany. We'll all be team Jill. And then Jill couldn't help herself and she just dug on Ramona and kept saying shitty things. And so Ramona's confessional, we hear her say that she's surprised that Jill is hosting this sax event because because she heard a rumor that Jill was blacklisted from Saks because she was returning things after she wore them and they were totally upset with her. I just thought, man, that is so good. So Kelly then arrives. She's wearing a fur vest. And I think that's probably part of her dig at Bethany. Remember last episode, she had that whole, that little mini scene of her trying on furs and talking about PETA. I'm sure this is part of her, like, let's get at Bethany and make Bethany look like crap whole storyline. And then we see Luann's confessional where she says that she thinks Kelly likes to definitely make a grand entrance and her shyness really seems to be going away. (laughs) I wouldn't call that a kind statement to be making about your new BFF Kelly, but I thought it was hilarious nonetheless. And then Alex arrives with Simon, which is so obnoxious. And I will note there are no Alex scenes this 
um, episode. You know how Housewives does it is even when there's going to be multiple Housewives in a scene, they usually at the beginning of each scene will, will show a little splash of whatever Housewife it is, one of the stock photography things they did during their tagline shoot and have their name come across the screen and you know, okay, this is going to be a storyline that's centered on that Housewife. Well, there are no Alex-centered scenes and Bethany recently on her podcast mentioned that the producers were likely going to fire Alex um, during this this time because she, they didn't think she was bringing much. And I think it's very telling that the only scenes that Alex shows up in are scenes where she's showing up for another housewife for their event. So of course, Simon is tagging along Again, there's like 50 women here. He should have, Alex needs to just, you know, drop the hammer and just say, you're not coming to this. This is a woman's event, right? But Simon's there. We see clips of them trying on clothes. Luann is making comments about how Simon absolutely loves this, probably more than anybody else who's there. I love the little shady production moments. They cut to a scene where Alex says, where's Simon? He's got my clutch. And then you picture Simon walking around with the purse. So shady. And then we see Luann is talking to Simon and Alex. And Ramona is probably lurking around. I'm sure at this point, she's wondering what Luann and Kelly and Jill are up to. She's not an idiot either. And Luann says something about maybe the divorce. And Simon says, well, I could make a joke, but Mario has warned me that that's not a good idea with you. And Ramona has heard Mario's name and she pops out of nowhere and jumps in and accuses the Countess of still talking about the Mario situation. And I think she's worried that Luann was trying to turn Alex and Simon really probably against her and Bethany at this point. So she jumps in and says, well, you know, just it seems like you're being so chummy with them. And we're all supposed to be honest, right? So hey, Simon and Alex, just so you guys know, Luann didn't want to have the Labor Day party because she didn't want to invite you guys over to her house. And I feel like it's great that Luann is being called out, but I just had a moment where I felt like, poor Alex, it's, that's so embarrassing. And Alex is just standing there and she says, you know, you didn't want to invite me to your house. And you can tell she's upset. And Luann's confessional, she says, oh God, you know, Ramona, here we go. She's just getting started. When she gets going on her Pinot Grigio, like she just goes and goes and doesn't stop. So then we see another clip where Ramona and Alex are talking and Alex says, you know, I need to talk to Jill. She's made some shitty comments about my kids and Jill kind of shows up and it's like, there she is. And so Alex says to Ramona, can you get me a drink? I think I'm going to need it for this. And so Alex tries to talk to Jill about the comment that Johan or Francois was climbing up somebody's leg. Jill's annoying in this scene. You feel bad for Alex. Jill just sits there and makes excuses. Her first excuse was, it wasn't me. It was Luann. I never said anything. She then she she also tries to say she's always defended Alex, which is like, you've been attacking Alex and Simon from season one, and you're seriously going to sit there with a straight face and say, I've always defended you guys. And I think it, poor Alex, I, I think she probably knows she's on the chopping block. She sees that she's getting nowhere with Jill. She's getting railroaded. And she starts to cry, probably out of frustration, because Jill isn't even letting her get a word in edgewise. And she says to Jill, you know, sometimes you really just piss me off. And in Jill's confessional, she says she felt bad when Alex started to cry. But then she says, but I know it wasn't about me. It's like, no, Jill, she's crying because of what you've said, how you've made her feel, and now how you're behaving towards her. 
So they kind of go back and forth. Alice is like, I swear Luann said that you said it. And Jill's like, bring over Luann. She does say, can somebody get Luann out of that bathroom? And I think that's really interesting, especially knowing that Luann ends up kind of having alcohol and possible drug issues. I thought that was a real telling little comment that gets really overlooked in season three. You would have never in a million years guessed it at the time. But, you know, hindsight's twenty i I'm looking back going, mm, interesting comment. And that really is the worst thing that could have happened for Alex, though, because then you've got Luann and Jill, who both just railroad Alex. They don't let her get a word in edgewise. And Jill finally just says, you know, can we let it go? And Alex looks at her and says, you know what, for tonight we can, like, we can talk about it later. And you'll see later on, Jill then tries to to act like they resolved things at that moment. But I'd like to put a pin in that for us all to remember. Alex says, for tonight, we can let it go. But clearly things need to be discussed further. So then we see Jill, she's getting everyone ready to sit down for the dinner. There's this huge table laid out at Saks. It's pretty awesome for the dinner for all the ladies. She makes a rude comment about Simon, how she loves a special surprise at her party. You know, right after she says, all I do is defend you and don't say anything rude about your family. She insults Simon right there in front of everybody. So they all sit for dinner. They joke with Ramona that, you know, they need to leave a bottle of Pinot Grigio right next to her. And then Jill says across the table to Ramona that Kelly has to leave early. And again, I love this because Ramona just calls her on it and says, you always show up and then leave early. Like, why bother coming? It's so insulting. And then Kelly, of course, makes excuses and says she called Jill the day before and told her she needed to leave early. And Jill said, that's fine. And I just think that also was telling because you've already RSVP'd to this party. And I think the fact that you called her the night before shows that, as Bethany always says, a bigger, better deal came around. And I think somebody probably invited her last minute to something that she thought was more important. And so here she is last minute. All of a sudden, something's come up that she has to leave for. And Ramona's right. It's so rude. So then Jill gives a toast. We see the ladies talking after dinner. They're all kind of, they, everyone's moved seats now. So we see Alex and Luann and Jill, Kelly, they're all kind of sitting and talking. Ramona comes over and Luann does say like, look, can you just be nice to me today? My, my divorce was finalized. And Ramona is compassionate. You can say a lot of things about Ramona, but she is compassionate when people are going through a rough time. And she says, you know what? I'm really sorry. I, I would say it all again, but I wouldn't have said it today if I knew, which I thought was also very honest. And then Luann and her confessional, she really does start to go after Ramona. She says that Ramona has mood swings. You know, she went from attacking me to trying to comfort me. She's making the comments about the Pinot Grigio. I really feel like now they're not only going after Bethany, but I think Ramona didn't play ball with Jill and the whole Bethany scheme. And so now Ramona's about to get a piece of their wrath. So then we see the ladies, they're also talking about the Playboy shoot. And Ramona, I will say, it's out of the blue and it's a bit confrontational. But she asks Kelly if she had her boobs redone again. She says, you know, Bethany used to say that both her boobs go this way and points straightforward. But Kelly's go this way and that way and makes one hand go this way, one goes that way. In Ramona's confessional, she says, well, everyone makes fun of Kelly's breasts because they're totally off center. So I wanted to ask if she fixed them and she's going to pose topless and playboy, you know, I want to know. And in Kelly's confessional, she says that saying inappropriate things is Ramona's game and it's not her game. So they cut back to the party and Kelly is telling Ramona she's out of control. Production cuts to Ramona taking a sip of Pinot Grigio and then winking. It's perfectly timed with the music. I love that production moment. 
And Kelly also says that Ramona is so jealous. She says this to Luann. And you can tell Luann's just like, don't engage with her. It's going to get worse. And then Kelly says, we're not even on the same planet. And I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. It's like Kelly hears things and it's like she doesn't know how to behave in public. So she just is a sponge, absorbs what people say and do around her and then tries to emulate that. But she doesn't have the timing or the situational knowledge to do them at the right times because they used to say that Kelly's not on the same planet as them. Bethany has said that in seasons previous and now Kelly's just regurgitating it. It's like she stores these things in her head and then uses them but doesn't know what they mean. It's real weird. So then Kelly and Ramona start to get into it because of Ramona's comments about her boob job. Kelly kind of feigns shyness. And then Kelly says to her, this is again, another telling thing. Kelly says, if you were the New York Times, I'd talk to you, but you're not. It's like, uh, okay, so you would talk to the New York Times about your boobs, but you're not going to talk to your friend. It's just, oh, she's so, I'm up here and you're down there. Then we get another moment of Kelly's confessional attacking Ramona, where she says, you know, one minute she's Miss Congeniality, then the next minute she's ferocious, she's unpredictable. And Kelly at this point, she's got to leave, right? She's got her bigger, better party to go to. So Kelly's walking out, but you see Luann's kind of walking her out. Kelly's mad at Ramona. Kelly's saying, it's none of your business. Stop asking me about my boobs. Ramona's saying, who cares? You're about to be posing nude for Playboy and have your breasts exposed. And you're mad that I asked you if you had your breasts redone. And the episode ends there with Kelly kind of walking out in a huff. Jill and Luann, of course, acting like Ramona's so rude and inappropriate. And Alex just standing there with Ramona, who's like, get over it. You're going to be posing nude. It's not a big deal. So this episode definitely set us up for more division amongst the ladies. I think we're really starting to see the teams get put into place. And although Jill thinks that she's building a team, she doesn't realize that by default, she's therefore pushing all of the other women into a team all of their own. And things are only going to get worse. And by worse, I mean worse for the ladies because they just get better and better for us. Each episode from here on out just... It gets good, my friends. It gets good. So that's all for this episode. But join us next time when we break down Roni's season three, episode five, Hot Off the Press. And please download and subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other places you get your podcasts. And please like and follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Deep Fix Podcast. Until next time, see y'all then. Bye.